Hello, Cracker Barrel family. Welcome to the Barrelcast. Today's edition is in the SAM series. We're talking about developing people to be able to move forward and get in promoted as that new GM and what that skill set really looks like. So you are a solid developer and you've you've worked with a lot of SAMs and they're they're working on going from a position of I can plan for a shift, I can run a good shift, but moving into the GM space, I really have to look at the whole business and I got to move uh, lots of things forward. Uh, which means I have to be, you know, I have to raise my business acumen, uh, report analysis, et cetera. What's the, what's that big jump look like from your perspective? Well, Matt, I would say that the biggest gap from in that process is an associate manager or Sam thinks or thinks that they plan for a shift. And they're just planning for, you know, a, a short amount of time. They're looking at that day. They're looking at a Mac card. And they're not looking at really their Mac card till, till that day. And they're trying to figure out how to work with the pieces that they have and how to put them together. So the shift becomes when you think like a general manager, you have to put the plan together before that day. So instead of looking at a Mac card the day that you arrived to work, you're actually putting the names and the places on the Mac card on the schedule so that you have, so who's ever running that shift can plan for the day. So as opposed to looking 30 minutes out or a day out, you're looking a week, literally till 13 weeks out on having enough staff, having enough product and forecasting in order to be able to execute a shift. So there's a lot more work that goes on behind the scenes. Kajin, I don't, and, and when I talk to Sam's, a lot of times they don't recognize what that work behind the scenes is for a GM, right? They know the GM's back there in the office. Well, often what they tell me is, I thought he, he or she was just being lazy and they should be out here helping me with the shift, uh, but they've got stuff going on. So what's that, what's that, report analysis how are they thinking ahead how are they using the information available to plan better or in a longer scale so when you when you're running a unit and you have opportunity it's it's important for you to dig in and see what your opportunity is so if you have an opportunity in sales there's different things that you need to look at to see where your sales gaps are so you can dig into the ccr report and see, you know, what your wait time is, if you're on extended waits, if you're on false waits, if you're losing guests, if you have, you know, your guest experience times are long, or if you're, or if your um, ticket times are long, and you look in those things. You then keep digging deeper, and you start looking at, well, how many servers did I have on, and did they all come to work that day, and did you run a full staff? Then you continue to dig deeper. So then you start looking at guest check average. So what do we, what was my check average when I forecasted? What was it supposed to be? Did I miss sales because my check isn't high enough? And then you dig into beverage incidents. So you pull up max report and you look at beverage incidents and you say, hey, the company goes at 74 and I'm at 72. So why is that? 
and then you dig into beer, wine, and mimosa, and you're supposed to be at 4.5, then you're at 3.1, and hey, why is that? And then when you're looking at beer, wine, and mimosa, as you look at, you know, your servers who aren't selling any, and then you make observations, and then and then you have to take these observations and, and put actions in a place in order in order to to you know improve their and improve their throughput, improve their 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 skill set. So it's not and you're not taking one snapshot. You just keep digging and digging and digging until that you find out what the actual root cause is, and then you attack the root cause. So the difference between being a GM and being very analytical um, and, and detail oriented to find the root cause of, of a problem when associates are just kind of playing in the moment, they're seeing something and they're addressing it, addressing that behavior without really digging to see what's causing that so they can really solve it for the long term. Okay, that's thank you. Let, I've got a quick definition. You used the word opportunity in a particular way. So if you have opportunity in food cost or opportunity in labor, what, what, how, define how you're using the word opportunity for us, please. So I'm using opportunity as a gap in performance. So, for example, if you're supposed to be at 3.89 guests per labor hour and you're at 3.69, then your opportunity would be that 0.2 that's in the middle. So from a food cost perspective, if your goal is 24.32 and you're at 24.7, then your opportunity would be that 0.38 difference. Gotcha. So, all right. So, uh, you know, particularly with a, a Sam, you know, newly promoted to a store, they're taking a store with some challenges. They're going to find more than one opportunity areas, right? They might find it in food, beverage, incidents, uh, any number of places. How do they? How do they prioritize and start deciding? Because there's more than one issue. How do I work on which one? Do I work on first, or what's the most important? What's that look like for them? That decision making process. You know, Matt, that's a great question. So a, lo- a lot of new general managers or acting general managers, they they have trouble. They trug- They struggle with success because they try to fix everything right away. And although you want to fix everything right away. You're, if you're going after everything, you're not fixing anything because you're not focused on one thing. So the item that you pick or the two or three items that you pick are very important. So when you're selecting an opportunity of, to work on, you, it's very strategic because you want to pick an opportunity that will solve some root cause behavior and something that you'll get unintended consequences on. So what do I mean by that? So let's say that you have an opportunity in sales, an opportunity in food, an opportunity in labor. And you're like, wow, what do I fix? So to fix labor, what I got to do? Well, I got to write a schedule, make it at chart, make sure that I'm at the right chart, guest per labor hour, no overtime. Okay, that's good. Okay. Then I got to worry about cutting and making adjustments. Okay. So... That's one thing. So then now I'm, now I'm going to fix food. I'm going to do all this stuff with food. I'm going to do recipe right. I'm going to do production planning. I'm going to make sure I'm ordering correctly. And I'm like, okay, now that's done. So now I'm going to do sales. And it's just too much. But if you think about it, if you can fix sales from an execution standpoint, you will also show benefits 
in the food and, and labor bucket. So if you're driving sales and you're executing at a high level, it becomes a lot easier to hit your labor target because you have high employee pro productivity, you have high throughput so that your sales are increasing and then everyone's leaving on time. And in order to execute, you have to have, to have a great plan. So to have a great plan, you have to write a, write a great schedule. So although technically your, your focus is sales and execution, you're helping out the labor bucket. So yeah, and if you work, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, I, probably some morale too, right? I mean, if this store has struggled a little bit, and you come in and kind of get the trains running on time, and we start having better shifts, have a little fun, make some money, that that probably grows another unintended benefit. Um, but you get better uh, buy-in for for where you're going. I think. Hundred percent. So you you have better culture, and the employees like it, and then you start getting you start getting that discretionary effort because they see that you're focused on driving sales when you drive sales. Of course, it helps wage earnings. So cooks get more hours, servers make more money, everyone's happier. And and then as you're driving sales, you know, labor, traffic, traffic and sales, you know, that's how you measure labor. And then and then you're getting you're getting some some money back in food. Because if you're executing well, your service comps are down. So you're getting you're getting food right out of the gate. If you're executing properly and executing right, your servers and hosts are scripting. So you're actually selling the product that you want to sell. So that makes production planning easier. So if you're focused on selling Southern Fried Chicken and your servers are scripted, you don't have any waste. And you're helping the grill line because you're having better ticket times. So you're improving labor, you're improving food while you're still working on sales. And like you just said about a you know a better work environment, you're actually going to help turnover and staffing all at the same time. So when you focus on one one particular category, you move multiple things as long as you stay true to your plan. So if I was the the new GM and I I want to move more than one thing, but I'm trying to focus on one thing, how do, how do I write a a business plan that helps my team understand? the actions I need each of them to take to contribute to that so that we can move that one thing to get all these other benefits that I, that I hope to get out of it. What's, how do I communicate this, this vision, this idea that I've got so that people want to be part of it? It's important to have a specific goal that you're going to accomplish. And when you write an action plan, you have to make it very specific and less is more. You don't need to write a paragraph of a vision. It just has to be simple and direct. So if your vision is to have to increase staffing, to improve your results in sales. So then all your tactics, specific action steps would be revolved around staffing. So what does that look like? So one action step may be that I am gonna work with managers on how to work ATS properly. I'm gonna work shoulder to shoulder with every manager and sit in on interviews so they so they're good selection process. Employee is gonna not be put in the position until their training is complete. Whatever action steps that you take have to be specific and they actually have to be actions. And then your results are all measured by those action steps. 
So if your action step is about executing ATS properly and working through that and using the interview guide, then your measurement becomes paycheck growth. If your action step is revolved around training, then your measurement becomes turnover. If your action and another measurement can be if you're involved in training, maybe execution standpoint. So your it may be how your seat the pre-check times are or how your ticket times are. So you're measuring the action that you're putting in place so you can so you can measure your growth. And so then really the key is choosing one particular area, whether it's uh, fixing some operations and driving sales that way or getting more uh, server staff so that I can get people on the schedule. I'm picking one area and trying to be narrow and, and be clear about what I'm looking for from my team. Is that is that kind of it? Yeah, you want to pick one area narrow deep. And it's important that your action step, you start foundationally. You know, working on working on driving a solid foundation so you can build on it. And that way, as you start to achieve some, you start to see some success, you start to grow your action plan. And then you build to it and you're able to layer more things on it. Yeah, so this is something I hear sometimes. Uh, maybe they came out of a pretty well-run store, but now they're promoted and taken over a store with more challenges. Will the solutions they had that worked in their their pretty well-run store before, can you just bring them all across? Will they all work in this new situation? Yes and no. So I say yes and no for specifically for reasons. So if the store has this, if the store has a solid foundation, whatever you put on it is good, but you always have to revert it back to the systems. So to answer your question, if you're, if your action steps are systems, then yes. So I think that's the important learning that comes from that. Whatever system works in a cracker or works in any cracker, hmm. as long as you bring it back to the systems. Yes, sir. Gotcha. But the strength of the team, if you're if you're getting into what people can do, the team might not be the same, so that part might not work. Correct. The talent pool, the talent of the yeah. team may be different, but then you have to teach your new team the system, and then eventually it'll catch up. Gotcha. So it's really that teaching role at, at the GM level has to get elevated because uh, you've got to get all the managers up to a s- similar skill with the systems so that everybody's pulling on uh, the, the rope uh, and and in the same direction. Yes, Matt, 100%. So the, the role of a general manager in the last, you know, five, six years has changed, where you could just be an operator and be successful and and show some success. But, but I think all along that you have to be a teacher and a people developer and a coach. You know, one of the most overused techniques coaching techniques is immediate redirection. I think we do a good job at that. Um, but we aren't, we, we're not teaching them the behavior so that they can get better at it. So I think that's the important piece. And when you do that, you will be successful. Gotcha. Hey, I really appreciate your, your thoughts today. I think this will be very helpful, uh, especially if, you know, in that growth curve or trying to move people ahead. So really appreciate you taking time to talk to, talk to us today. You're welcome, Matt. I enjoy this. Anytime it's about development, I am all in, sir. Thank you. Have a great day.